how do I explain this? I'm basically an exterminator and you're cockroaches. My job was to squish you and poison you and yet somehow my very survival now depends on you, the cockroaches, agreeing to help me. That's funny. We're cockroaches to you? Yeah. Or dung beetles. I don't know. Something small and gross that creeps on the ground in its own filth. Just being honest. Hi, Stephen. It's so wonderful to see you on this beautiful day. You just brighten up. I'm not going to say that. You know what, Zach? I, I don't believe any of yeah. that. Not one letter of that sounded genuine. It was. Let's try it again from the top. I want, I want to hear like a really joyous, I've just come home from the war, and the first thing you see this morning as you roll out of bed is me wearing one of your button downs, my my booty cheeks peeking out of it, and I'm making you a nice, nice bowl of granulated cornflakes. <laughs> I would not have time to say any words. I would be doing other things, Steve. <laughs> I'm wearing your fourth grade T-ball jersey. <laughs> yeah, back. At, I was thinking we were more in like a Civil War era. Did I still play T-ball? Yeah, you. Okay. <laughs> it was with a bunch of little tiny kids, but you were the fourth grader. You you did okay. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Into the Time Knife, a good place rewatch. I want to start right away, Stephen, with something very important. That If you're listening to this podcast the day that it comes out, today, Monday, May 15th, we're doing something really fun Monday, today. May 15th. At 7 p.m. Eastern tonight, May 15th, Stephen and I are trying the 10 hot sauces from the most recent season of Hot Ones in our Not Ones live stream event. It starts at 7 tonight. Wherever you follow us, you can find the link to hang out with us tonight and watch it. We're going to be asking each other spicy, personal, deep, dark, dirty questions. Emphasis on deep and dark. There are so many times you watch the show Hot Ones and you're like, I could do that. We're going to find out if we can. Yeah, we're going to prove that you can do anything you see on TV or the internet. What sauce are you most excited to try and what sauce are you most terrified to try? I'm most excited for the Los Calientes Verde because I feel like that one's been on there for a couple seasons and everyone I've seen eat it always makes a comment of how good it is. Sure. Um, which they don't always do with all the sauces. And I'm definitely most afraid of the bomb if it can take down idris elba and shack then i don't know how i'm gonna fare i and i i really like hot stuff zach but i think that a little bit earlier you held it in front of your your camera to show me what it looks like and my like asshole quivered like i'm yeah. i'm quite frightened i would say probably i'm most excited to try i don't know maybe the indian one Maybe mm -hmm. Brooklyn Deli. I think that's going to be really tasty and really spicy. But of course, I'm so scared for the bomb. Mm -hmm. Now that it's real and it's in front of me and it's a thing that's happening. But anyway, tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern. You can watch us try all these. It's going to get really crazy. And we're going to be recording something in person together for the first time since we've been doing these podcasts. So wherever you find us, find us there. And Patreon. We want to shout out our $10 and up Patreon supporters over at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. Those people are Danny M. Lugo, Mary Baker Budisa, Brian Thurman, and Autumn Marsh. So I, I have something to tell you, Zach. Okay. 
So I, I talked to my mom, and she, early adopter in uh-huh. the Patreon gang, uh-huh. Mary Baker Berdisa. Big yeah. shout out. Hi, mom. Love Big you. Big fan. She hadn't listened to any of the Time Knife. And wow. so she's like almost caught up now. Whoa, cool. Hi. I know. And she, she lots of great things, said how great it sounds and how much she loves it. She said we're brilliant. You know, we're doing a great job. Just That sounds like the there's a but coming. But she's not thrilled that she's no longer the first patron name read. And I don't know how the order changed in the Isn't she system. sometimes or is it always Danny? It's always Danny now, I guess. Mm. I don't know what to say. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, Mary. Zach, you got to speak for your, you got to, you got to defend it. Well, I don't know. What's your reasoning? Well, as always. Why you know, are you silencing the voice of a black woman, Zach? Oh my God. Here's what I'll say. I slip right back into, this is my friend's mom and I'm 14 years old and I'm scared. Hey, you're not so, slipping into my mom. So I will forever say her name first from now on. Out of fear. <laughs> <laughs> hi mary out of the fear hi to all of, of our patrons woman. if you want to be part of that patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast also tonight we're doing a pre and post stream for not ones only on patreon uh that's gonna be two other crazy events more hot sauce more steven and zach blindfolding each other if you want to yeah. see what that's about patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast and that's enough of that how are you steven it's good to see you how was your week I'm good. It's been it's been a busy time for old Steven. Yeah. Uh yeah, we did a a really fun event yesterday for work where did some routines with some students. So it was very fun. But draining, you know, you got Yeah, you're a little sleepy today. Given your all out there over and over again is exhausting. How much are you overstating the amount of energy that you have right now? Very much. You're doing a great job. Thank you. I'm good at, at faking it, Zach. You know that. I do know that. Not that you have to, but once it's <laughs> but time I number to. eight of the night. <laughs> hey, Mary, glad you're listening. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> do you have anything else you want to talk about, or do you want to talk about The Good Place? Do, do you want to give the people I would like what to they mention, came here for? Sure. I, you know, we talk music every once in a while on oh, this okay. show, and then we talk mm-hmm. music as a segment on this show. As a whole, music, we're pro. Yeah. We're pro, pro. Music's Very good. Pro. A mm-hmm. fan of music, uh, I would say. And I'll say I haven't been like, uh, there have been a couple albums this year that I thought were really good, but Conway the Machine, who's an artist that I like quite a bit, he's a a, a rapper, a uh-huh. member of the group Griselda. Uh, mm-hmm. Benny the Butcher is probably the most famous person from that. Maybe you've is heard Griselda of him. Is Griselda the name of one of the ugly stepsisters in Cinderella? Maybe. It sounds like. It's something very similar to that. Okay. It might be like Giselda. Mm-hmm. But he put out an album this uh, weekend that was uh, really good. Listened to it last night. Thought it was really solid. Different than his other stuff. A little bit more melodic. And I respect that from someone who does primarily Buffalo, New York Coke rap. So good for him. What's it called? The album is called Won't He Do It? And did he? Did he do it? He did, in fact, do it. I thought it was good. I liked pretty much every every track quite a bit. Cool. Well, there you go. Mm-hmm. So if you like rap music, check that out. I would like to give a PSA after seeing Hamilton for the second time, after winning the lottery, which is really cool. Great experience. You won I the lottery, a, Zach? I got a, yeah, and I bought All right, a ticket patrons, to see Hamilton. All right, take that money out. We are Thousands set. of dollars. No, no. <laughs> after winning the Hamilton lottery. <laughs> so you just won 10, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I went to see Hamilton again, and the lottery ticket was a fifth row center seat. It was awesome. But I would just like to give a PSA in general. That if you're at an expensive theater performance, 
a big part of this is probably the alcohol that so freely flows in places like mm-hmm. this. Turn your etiquette meter up a little bit. You can have a good time. You can be raucous. You can react in the right moments. But be mindful of the people in your area that want to really watch what they're watching. That's all I'm going to say. Catherine, I don't know. You know who name. you are. Jessica sure in row five, seat nine E. You know what the hell you did. Let's talk about the good place. Let's move on from the Let's past. Let's do it. We're going to talk about a really great episode. We're talking about the fourth episode of season two. It's chapter 17, Team Cockroach. La Cucaracha. This episode was directed by Morgan Sackett, who previously directed Category 55 Emergency Doomsday Crisis, and in the future of the show directs the really great episode Janet's and the episodes Tinker Tailor Demon Spy and Patty. So pretty good track yeah, record right good there, resume. Morgan Sackett. And the episode was written by Dan Schofield, who previously wrote Most Improved Player, and in the future co-writes Rhonda, Diana, Jake, and Trent with Jen good Statsky, one. and on his own writes The Brainy Bunch and The Answer. Also very Brainy Bunch ones. is really good. I like Brainy Bunch quite a bit in the answer. This particular episode of The Good Place aired on October 5th, 2017. And we've got to do our most recent segment round here is go back in time since we have that access here on the Time Knife and talk about what the number one movie and number one album was on October 5th, 2017. And for the movie, for the first time, a movie has had multiple weeks in the number one Yeah, I was going to say, we haven't had a repeat yet. It's the first one. Yes, it was still Kingsman, The Golden Circle. So we're going to talk about, actually, the movie that was number three, because number two was It, which we talked about a few weeks ago. Uh Uh-huh. This is a movie, I'll give you a hint. Okay. It's a movie I had never heard of. Wow. And I'm really surprised that I hadn't heard of it, because it's a movie that stars Tom Cruise as a pilot. And it's not Top Gun. No, there was no Top Gun film in 2017. Tom Cruise as a pilot. I had never heard of this, so I'm not exactly expecting you to know. But if you, um, if you have any tries, if you want to just maybe make something up, I don't know. You're going to make me Google the movie. I wrote down what I told you. I'll look it up. Okay. Um, I'm going to guess that it's called Up in the Sky. No. Or This is a crime Cruising. action film. Who else is in it? Sarah Wright, don't know who that is. Um, <laughs> Caleb Landry Jones. Oh, Jay Caleb Lamaze Landry from Jones. Glee is in it. Jesse Plemons, Domhnall Gleeson. This oh, movie's called the... American Made. The fuck is that? Is that about Boeing? American Made. I told you he's a pilot. He's recruited by the CIA to provide reconnaissance on the burgeoning communist threat in Central America. Yikes. I think it's based on a true story. American Made, 2017, Tom Cruise. That was the number three movie when this episode aired. Wow, good for you, Tommy C. And let's talk about the number one album. It was a different album this week. Mm -hmm. Your hints are that it's a country album. Okay. And your Uh, hint- Golden Hour, Maren Morris? No. And your hint to point you toward the artist is And Link. And Link. Rhett. Okay, so Rhett. Thomas Rhett, is uh-huh. that the singer's name? Yes. Is the album, it's probably the name of one of the songs. Uh, Thomas Rhett, what song is really popular by him? If you look, you're looking it up. Don't no. look it up. Don't I, look up a single song. Zach, I have my old phone that's not connected to the right, internet. Right, I forgot about your burner phone that you um, use on the podcast. Thomas Rhett, is it, what's his song called that all the couples get married to? This could not be called, 
I Don't Dance? No, is that's it, not it. Um, that's from but, High School Musical 2. It was not the number one album this week. <laughs> what's, uh, what's it I called? I don't know if you're going to get I got it. The, the album artist, is Life Changes. Ah, I wouldn't have gotten that. My hint was pretty good if you know Thomas Rhett's name, but if you, if I don't know. I'll, I'll give you partial credit. Yeah. Sing us some Thomas Rhett, Zach. I could not do that. Zach, do you? I feel like you don't like country music. I don't like pop country very much That's at all. That's fair. I like old country. I mm-hmm. like bluegrass. I like like folk. I like mm-hmm. all types of things that are country derived. Yeah. My favorite band of all time, Ween, whom I am wearing their hat that I wear mm-hmm. a lot, did a whole country album. That is my favorite album of theirs. It's very, very good. They went to Nashville and recorded it with a bunch of world famous session musicians. They kind of just did it as a as a riff, as a joke, as a biff, and it and was it was great. Great. Yeah. I really liked it. So it's not that I have anything against country music. I just don't like the whole metrosexual country dude thing very much, and I never really have. What so I what like do you have against Rhett, metrosexual men, Zach? Do you think that it's unacceptable yeah. to exhibit traits of mm-hmm. one perceived sexuality, but in reality be another? Let's do some trivia from this episode <laughs> of The Good Place, Team Cockroach. I've got the, quite a few questions. Taking, Zach? How many, yeah, how many questions do you have? Less than last week. This week I've got six, I think. I've got seven, so I'll give you two. All right. My first question, what is Jason's suggestion for a team name? Team Bobcat. Good job. Or the Bobcats. Right, Bobcats, but I would have taken mm-hmm. Team Bobcat. I'm going to give you another one. Don't start okay. to say something. I saw you open that it's little baby boy mouth. It's not necessary for you to give me another one, though, because you only have one more than I do, so you can just go first and last. Fine. You've sold me. You've yeah. sold me. Go I, ahead. The first shall be last, and the last shall be first. And you right. I am Jesus are Christ. Alpha and Omega. <laughs> if the gang get caught, what will they be a main ingredient in? Chowder. No, g- g- describe the chowder to me. I don't know. I remember it was chowder. I don't remember anything before it. A chowder of pain. A chowder of pain. Sure. Mm. Sure. Speaking of chowder, which is Vicky's chowder place? Little bit chowder now. Nice. Was that in your episode? Yes. Little bit chowder now? Mm-hmm. Okay. And Because Vicky's the one with the chowder lazy river, but the yeah, other no, place has I the... forget what the other one was called yeah, now. It's like called like pump or something. Pump, pump the chow. Pump. <laughs> Pump, 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 pump the chow. <laughs> where did Jason meet the man with a bow tie? I don't remember where, but I remember that it was like the weird turtles to Daytona Beach, but that's not where they met. They met somewhere mm-hmm. else. All I'm thinking is Daytona Beach, though. Oh, no. They met at the gun range inside <laughs> of the Jacksonville bus station. That's funny. Mm-hmm. What did Jason need to drink a whole bottle of without yarfing? Everclear? Was this in your episode? Does this this joke ring a bell? Maybe. Uh, A bottle of Dan Marino cologne. (laughs) I don't know if that was in mine. It was like this. It was part of the part you were just talking about. Oh, I don't know that that was in mine then. Interesting. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Well, there you go. How many more Jaguars questions did Jason (laughs) have for Michael? Like 12? Yeah. (laughs) How short was the shortest reboot? That was my next question. Eight Mm -hmm. seconds. Good job. Ask another one. Okay, you're the boss. What is Eleanor's Ask wedding crashing? Ask another one. I What's was. Eleanor's what? What is Eleanor's wedding crashing name? Elliot Shellstow? <laughs> I mean, you're on the right track. It's yeah. one of those. It was Eileen Shelbourne. Eileen Shelbourne. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. 
how long had Camilla's album been out before being inducted <laughs> into the Hall of Fame? Well, they waived the 25-year rule. Was mm-hmm. it out for six months? You nailed it. Nice. You got it right up the ankle. <laughs> what are Tahani's hyphenates listed in her interview with the magazine? Do I have to go in order? No. Nah, give me uh, what you got. Philanthropist, neck uh-huh. model, uh-huh. activist, environmentalist. You're adding stuff. Activist with a different word. It's blank activist. If you give it, if you give me that, I'll social give you activist. It. Yes. And at the end, they say and cover girl. Now that she's and cover, the cover girl, girl okay. of the magazine. I'll give you that. Thank you. Neck model was out. I, I like that. Okay. My last question for you. Mm-hmm. What percent sure is Eleanor that Michael is forking with them? Oh man, ninety. You're really Four. close. Ninety-nine. Oh sure. Good job. Sure. My last question for you this evening is what is an irish enema is that where they pour jameson up your ass no it was this in your episode i doubt it that i seem like that one would have stuck <laughs> it's when tahani's at camilla's thing and she bumps into acid cat oh that wasn't in mine at all and he says can i get an irish enema that's bailey's and sprite in a ziploc bag Oh, my God. No, that wasn't in mine at all. She says, do I look like a waitress to you? And he's like, yeah. And then she oh, walks off yeah. and goes to meet Camilla. Acid Cat's not in mine Which I all. thought was a really cool touch of, like, a thing from someone else's story tying entirely in, yeah. tying in. And that's not even in the official cut of the episode. Interesting. Wild. But that's my questions. And you know what time it is? And already was time mm-hmm. for before yeah. we did trivia. We're so myself, pre-high on hot sauce. Uh-huh. That, that we totally forgot one of the spiciest parts of every week. It's time, ladies and gentlemen, to find out, and gentle thems, of course. Did Steven watch the episode Steven this week? Watch the episode this week. This episode of The Good Place isn't a bottle episode, but it's pretty close. And a lot of it is about deliberating. Yeah. I feel like the odds are partially in your favor for this episode. How do you feel? I'm worried that I'm going to be done talking before the timer is up and not in a good way. Well, let's see. There's only one way to find out. Are you ready? (sighs) I am prepared, Zach. Okay. Three, two, one, go. Michael wants to team up to bamboozle the demons into thinking that the gang has been restarted so they can figure out a way to not be in a bad place forever. He promises them that he'll get them to the good place if they agree. Eleanor is not into it. She thinks he's messing with them, continuing to torture them. Tahani finds out that she was not really all that good, that she was selfish, just like Eleanor, who then realizes that Chidi helps Stop. her every single... Didn't get anything about the Tahani flashback. Didn't get the ending. Didn't really feel much of anything off of any of that. Uh, I feel like you're you're just lazy this week. I feel like your heart's not in it. I feel like your <laughs> energy's back on that dance floor from yesterday. I think that's a C minus. I think that's a fair score. I think that's a C minus, my friend. But I really I I just went the wrong direction from the start. Fortunately, this is not a C minus episode. No. I think in hindsight, this is a, a super strong, super important episode. I think when it originally aired, I was ready to get to the next thing. Yeah. And this felt a little stretchy-outy. 
But in hindsight, I think this episode is so important. It sets up our core for as a team, both in this current timeline and kind of in in a way that they never have before, where they're this unit like they become in this yeah. episode. It, that episode's called Team Cockroach, but it literally feels like the humans become a team finally in this episode, 17 episodes in. And I think it's such a smart choice from the writer's room to have them do this on an attempt they've only been in for seven days. Yeah. It would be really easy to do this when they've been there as long as the first season, when they already knew each other, they already had grown. This, they have to start from almost scratch. And I think it's really much more enthralling to watch. And they weave all of that in and out of the plot line so well. They don't forget any of that. They remember all the time that Eleanor doesn't really know Chidi or care about Chidi yeah. yet. Yeah, I think it makes this all very interesting, the way that they shuffle the deck, but still these people in their soul know each other at this point. But this is the first time that they've really been allowed to come together in a good way, unlike typically when they come together in a bad way, being tortured. Let's talk through the episode. The episode kicks off like a lot of great Good Place episodes do, immediately after the last episode ended. Michael wants to team up with them because he's running out of options. Vicky is staging a coup against him and is going to topple his whole charade, which he has been really playing fast and loose with as of late, not sticking to the plan. Clearly the humans are unsure of this because he's been lying to them and torturing them and coming up with different elaborate plays to keep them invested in all of this. And and this could just be another elaborate, thoughtful obelisk thing, you know? This could yeah. just be another task that they have to figure out. Which like, to some degree, this is torturing them further because now they have to team up with like Eleanor says, a Their literal captor. devil. Yeah. Yeah. To, <laughs> to, you know, but what option does anyone in this episode have? Michael needs them. They need Michael. Yeah. You know, as much as Eleanor doesn't want to admit it, I think that it's a, it's a really smart setup. And I think that it's an extremely unexpected one. But having seen the show all the way through, it just I makes sense. Of, yeah. It makes perfect sense. It's great. I think it's so well done. This is such a good episode. I don't. It's not as flashy, maybe, as some of the other favorites, mm-hmm. but I think it's still really, really good. A lot of really funny lines in it. A lot of really meaningful moments, too. I think it's a great episode. The way Michael says something like, well, things have changed. I, I'm better now. That was the past. Forget it. And Chidi says, that was 20 seconds ago. <laughs> Circumstances have changed, and he's determined that this is the best option for all of them to, to band together and fight against the people that are oppressing Michael. Jason is immediately super down. I yeah. love Jason in this episode. He's down for whatever. He's sucking on lollipops the whole time. He's just saying stupid shit. He's really funny. I think this is one of my favorite Jason episodes, actually. Oh, definitely. I think he's very, very funny. And I think he was my good place pick last week. I really like Jason this week, too. But Eleanor, as she's beginning to understand her circumstances, she's unsure of Michael and and what they could possibly be of help to him, of this like all-knowing being. And Michael says it's because they keep beating him, that no mm-hmm. matter what they do, they figure it out and they call his bluff and they end it and he has to keep rebooting and he keeps failing because of them. So he needs to team up with them. He They keep taking the fun out of it, he says. And Cheetah goes, fun? <laughs> I think Ted Danson also, this is one of his best episodes because he's yeah. in the room the whole time. He has a line in here about like, it really chapped my nips the way you kept figuring out what I was doing. I thought it was really funny. It's so good because the Michael that we have now is very honest Mm. with a lot of things 
and I think it's so funny because he is this evil. Like he's he calls him, you know, he's, it's like uh, you're small to me, or dung beetle. You're you're small and gross. <laughs> like he's he doesn't like them, but he's acknowledging the fact that he's like, well, I keep losing. I'm gonna be in deeper shit with people that can actually do something to yeah. me if I don't figure out what to do here. This is kind of my only option left. It truly is his only option, and he feels like they're so stupid and dumb, like you're saying, that he's like, God, I fucking hate that this is my only option. This is miserable to me, but it literally is all I have to do is, is stoop to this low for a person like me and and work with these humans. Yeah. He explains to them who Vicky is and what Vicky's trying to do and how he's supposed to reboot them and start everything over and do it under Vicky's terms. But this time he's not going to reboot them. They'll pretend. And his play to them is that in exchange, while they pretend to go along with Vicky, they'll be able to hide away and teach each other ethics. And I think it's just Michael's like, yeah, whatever you guys, your little ethics thing you want to do. Here's a little (laughs) bone. You can go do that. Jason's really funny. Can I play iPad? Sure you can, buddy. Yes. (laughs) If Sean finds out they're all in hot water, they're going to be that chowder of pain. But if they help him, everybody's going to be fine. Everybody's going to be happy. They can learn to be better and they won't be being tortured. Eleanor calls a human meeting in her bedroom. And as they go to the bedroom, it's uh, kind of fun how they get rebooted so we can have little moments multiple times like the way it feels when Eleanor finds out that there were stairs in her bed the whole time. And I like how Michael's like, oh, hold on. That was a... Yeah, that was a torture thing. <laughs> Tahani makes a reference here, a pop culture reference about Javier Bardem and Vanessa Redgraves, and I didn't get it. Do you get it? I didn't know there was a reference to get there, but I, I'd i buy it. Was she saying that Javier Bardem was keeping her prisoner in Vanessa Redgraves' panic room? Did you Google it, Zach? Did you no, Google I didn't Javier Google it. I figured Bardem. my my well-known co-host would know. Well, and normally, if it were a major thing, I probably would, right? Were they in a relationship with each other, or did Tahani just pick two random famous names? Seems like she just picked, yeah, I think she's just naming There's something. not really anything between them. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Eleanor tells her, do not talk again for 100 hours. I thought Eleanor was kind of mean to everybody in this episode in a way that I've really kind of appreciated because she's snarky and mean, like original Eleanor. She's kind of back mm-hmm. to that original Eleanor, and I like it. What do you think of Eleanor literally slapping Jason here in this moment? I think too. that Eleanor is mean to everyone in this episode, but she's only been there seven days, and she hasn't started working with Chidi yet. So this Eleanor is very close to the Eleanor that we met at the beginning of the show. And most of her points have a point, too. Yeah, like, I get it. I don't think it doesn't that mean Eleanor... she can be mean to people, but... Yeah. And it also sets up well that Eleanor is going to try to ditch, and that Eleanor isn't quite on board with this team, and why would she join any of them? It kind of helps that. Yeah, like she said, takes a minimum of nine days before she's going to trust somebody. She slabs Jason because Jason's talking about wanting to team up with Michael because he has a bow tie. And and Jason has this long, elaborate reason from this one guy that he should not have trusted at all. (laughs) And because of it, he now trusts everyone who has ever worn a bow tie. Well, it worked out. He got the 600 bucks. That's my question. If presented $600, would you transport some turtles? I think I would. I'd keep the turtles. I'm confused. Would you sell the turtles or you just want turtles? I just want turtles. I think I'd take the $600. I would transfer the turtles. You know how much money turtles are worth? Come on. Maybe. But do you know how bad I need $600? That's fair. I think I don't know how far Jacksonville is from Daytona Beach. That's true. And I'm not going to Google that one. (laughs) Yeah. I don't want any Florida searches in my history because they might start 
targeting yeah. me. It depends on the length of the drive. You might have to give me like fifteen hundred bucks to to move those turtles. Fifteen. That's a big jump from six to fifteen. Sure, it is. That's a big drive. <laughs> Potentially. <laughs> I have agency in this now. Do you want me to move your turtles or not, bowtie guy? <laughs> Eleanor, clearly, like we said, she thinks this is all a trick and that Michael can't be trusted. But Tahani doesn't understand anything, is just focused on how she belongs in the good place. And the goes moment to... when she goes up to Michael and is like, I think there's been a mistake, <laughs> is so fitting with her character, but also just hilarious to me that she's like, you know what? I think there's something wrong here. Like, You take care of this for me do that and he's like <laughs> chidi suggests that they grill michael which leads to i think probably the most satisfying part of the episode where we just get answers to all of these questions that we've had about the world yeah. as an audience but it's told in a way that these humans do have these questions and need these answers so they're able to tell us without it seeming like an info dump i think did you well, think and it felt i think like they do it dump? in a way that lets us have our characters know more than they would have seven days in normally and be oh, sure. even to the point where absolutely where Janet's like, oh, I rebooted that many times too, so I'm getting more advanced. <laughs> now they're in the room where that's being said, so they know. And that's yeah. I think that's a smart way to do it, where it's very conversational and flows naturally. Versus Michael saying, "Let me fill you in on some information." He basically tells them that they can't trust him, but they have to because he'll just keep rebooting them, and then eventually they'll be caught and tortured in the real bad place for forever, unless maybe they take this ploy. He says something about them being up to their necks in a volcano full of scorpions. Yeah, which sounds awful. Sounds horrible. (laughs) (laughs) They're able to ask Michael whatever questions they have, and this is when Jason asks all his Jaguar questions. That's all he can think of. I'll tell you what I want to know right now before we go any further. Did the Jacksonville Jaguars win the Super Bowl last year? (laughs) Oh, you're serious. Uh, No. Will they ever win the Super Bowl? Jason, I can't predict the future. But no. (laughs) They won't. They won't. <laughs> so funny. Didn't they get kind of close a year? They two did ago? get very close. Shortly after the while the good place was airing, Eleanor has Eleanor calls Janet and has Janet give Jason uh, so, says, "Can you give Jason something shiny to play with?" And she pulls <laughs> up a sparkler, and Jason gets real excited and runs off with it. I Super love that. Funny. They ask Michael how many times they've been rebooted, and he tells them. And he kind of comments on the fact that this reboot's only been going on for seven days, so they barely know each other, and it's going to make things tough. Janet here, she asks if she's been rebooted the 800 times, which might make her the most advanced Janet in the universe that's ever been. And the implications of that are huge, but in this moment, she only pats her head and rubs her tummy in the moment (laughs) because she can do that type of stuff, but the ramifications are big. They ask about Michael's human body, and Michael explains, this one is kind of an answer that I don't totally know if I need it, that all Bad Place Bureau people get a human body so they know how best to torture humans. I think I would have just liked something more along the lines of, I wanted to look like you guys so you would trust me, and all of us do that. So you trust yeah. I don't know. Because they like treat it more like a skin suit than like a mm-hmm. immersion learning. Thing. Although I think Michael's comes off more as an immersion than most of the others. Yes, very much. But that's because Michael's living with any interest in humans. I love the line. It took me a while to get used to the hanging bits. Oh, oh get your mind out of the gutter. I was talking, talking about, about my, my testicles. testicles. <laughs> Ted Danson is so good in this episode. It's so funny. 
when he's allowed to be one of the very main characters instead of just popping in here and there, he's he keeps up so well. He's just as funny and can deliver these weird one-liners just as well as Manny Jacinto or Darcy Carden can. Well, and he's such a good actor, too, that every line he delivers, everything's very intentional about it. Yeah. Which can feel unnatural from some people, but to him it feels totally natural because he's that good. Chidi asks if soulmates are real, and Michael says, hopefully not. That sounds lame, doesn't it? (laughs) What do you think? Because we kind of had the conversation about Mm -hmm. being split up with your spouse with a soulmate when you get to heaven. Do you think, I don't know, I think that's too easy to cause distress in people that do want their soulmate from from when they were alive, but because of the numerical point system, they end up Mm -hmm. with someone they've never met. Maybe everything's just one big primordial soup orgy, Zach. That I could get into. Mm-hmm. The whole uh, kind of basis of Neon Genesis Evangelion, mm-hmm. the big thing at the end instrumentality is that we're all like connected because we're all like a piece of each other that we're all missing to like become whole. And Which so basically is kind we of all what gotta... the good place yeah. hints at at points. Yeah, so we all got to soup together to become that whole. sounds good i like yeah. soup good yeah soup. good primordial soup mm. Mm. good primordial soup can we get adam driver on cameo to say mm, good primordial soup adam driver is way too big for cameo <laughs> no one's too big for cameo zach chevy chase is on there yeah <laughs> and everyone knows adam driver and chevy chase are in the exact same category of <laughs> relevancy do you think if you combined all the money from all the things Chevy Chase was ever in that any of them made as much as two of just episode seven of Star Wars? <laughs> no way. <laughs> well, maybe he was. I don't know. I can't speak to that. Three amigos really carrying the load in that one. They kind of reveal in this moment. So we've talked in the past about how Mindy St. Clair is one of the only real things in our mm-hmm. world. But this is the first time they've said it where they ask about Mindy St. Clair, and he says that, no, she's real. There really is a medium place. And it pissed me off every time you guys figured out to go there. <laughs> I think it's so funny that they just continuously escaped there every time. Like, Michael wouldn't just be like, hmm, maybe I'll, like, I don't know, put something in front of the train station. Well, because I... Janet can't lie. Yeah, great Janet episode, too. Yeah, definitely. They asked Michael, why not just lie about everything? This was also a little bit of a stretch. Michael being like, well, sometimes the best way to lie is for it to be kind of close to the truth. I think I don't think that's I think that's I, that's I get true. That. But I think it's a solid enough question to be like, why didn't you just make up a story for all of this? So we didn't find these things. I think he could have said, you're right. I don't know. That's on me. I don't know. I feel like Michael, I think that's that's what makes sense. You want it to be close enough to the truth that you can confidently like lie through it because if it's real like there really is a good place there really is a bad place okay points do determine how you get there and you congratulations you're in the good place like well i'm talking more about the mindy st Clair thing specifically like that's something you could lie about if it's something that's so tangible to get to well he didn't tell them about mindy st Clair. he actively did lie about it every time they said there should be a medium place and he's like there's not sorry (laughs) that's true (laughs) So you're right. He didn't lie about it because he thought that's a great way to get them to believe it. This is the... He's like a magician, Zach. If I don't really have a bird inside of this little cage, you're not going to be amazed when I smash it and I have another bird. But that first bird is a goner. (laughs) According to the prestige, you absolutely kill the first bird. We kill a bird bird. each time. Yeah, (laughs) we kill a bird. Sometimes two. 
Tahani can't believe at all that she's in the same place as Eleanor. And after that, there's a really funny back and forth where Michael first says, We're running out of time and I'm your only option. We're running out of time and I am your only option. A lot of guys your age said that to me just as the bar was about to close. But I never settled for them because my ex-boyfriend lived nearby. He was obsessed with me and he never slept because he was addicted to Adderall. There is always another option. And yes, I probably could have just said that last part, but whatever, don't judge me. That was one of my, I remember that, that line so very, funny. very well. It's so funny. And it's so and he's real adjacent to yeah. <laughs> Eleanor's out. She doesn't buy this. She doesn't want to follow Michael and the rest can do whatever, which totally ruins Michael's plan because it only works if he has all of them. So Michael has kind of one of his coup d'etats here where he says if they help him, he can help them get to the real good place. It's complicated and he'll have to do it in secret. This is a big revelation in this episode too because mm -hmm. that'll come up a lot in this season and in the future. And as soon as he's talking about this complicated way to get to the good place, Tahani's asking, is there a business class? Can I pre-board? <laughs> he's like, no, don't worry about that right now. Michael, Zach, I'm gonna explain that one to you because you haven't been on an aeroplane. Yeah, but I on know what the most difference commercial is. flights. They they're... board the people in in first class and comfort and in business before they board the people in coach. I know. And if you're a, a military veteran or <laughs> someone with a disability, you can also get on the plane a little nice. bit early, which is nice. That is nice. That's why I always go through airport security with a wheelchair. Have you ever flown first class? One time, but I drank a whole bottle of basically liquid THC. So you syrup don't remember that I was out like a fucking light. You it was terrible. I had like food on my lap and I was like, wouldn't let them take it from me. <laughs> and I was like sitting in the very front row of the plane. And I was like, it was it was a trip. But I had a student that like upgraded the entire staff to first. Well, from what you can piece together, is first class worth it? Is it how it seems in media? Not for a short flight. If you're on a long flight, yeah. Is there like privacy or is it open rowing? It's open rowing on most it's not commercial like flights. If you're on like flying like an seats. Emirates flight, then you get like a private cabin type shit. That's cool. Yeah, that would be really fun. Like I've seen for some reason on TikTok, Danny always gets like the we used our points to fly this Emirates flight 17 hours and you get yeah. like a bed, like a pull down bed and like multiple meals and like Whoa. lighting and stuff. It's really cool. That'd be really fun. I really would like to mm -hmm. actually take an Amtrak train sometime and do one of the like bedrooms and sit in like the observation yeah. car the whole time. I think that'd I like be really I fun. like traveling by train. Have you been on an Amtrak train like that before? Not with a sleeper car because i've but only gone from chicago to indianapolis yeah and i used to run all the time and i, I like think the it'd train be a, a really lot. fun way to make a long trip out of going to like california or something i would much prefer that to driving yeah sure me too to mm -hmm. california absolutely yeah obviously flying california. would be a lot faster there'd be something nice about a train mm -hmm. michael is hoping he kind of lets slide that if he helps them get to the good place that that'll also weasel him into the good place too <laughs> and i like when ted danson says you know hit him with the big puppy dog guys please sir i've changed and all that crap <laughs> he doesn't know if it'll work but it's a shot that he wants to take and and yeah. anyways if they do this they won't have their brain just erased every two weeks so it's a win win exactly Eleanor calls another team meeting and and still is dead set on this being a new way for him to mess with them and that teaming up is insane. 
a really funny joke here is Eleanor's like everyone who hasn't been brainwashed by Michael. Yeah. And Jason's over there on the couch, not in the meeting. I think that's <laughs> so funny. That is funny. Chidi thinks they have to do it and is starting to say things about how he feels like all he did in life ended up being a failure. He didn't make himself better through his ethics like he wanted to. So he wants this opportunity to study more and to get better. And Michael is giving him that. So even if he doesn't really want to team up with Michael, that gives him his chance to try and get better. He asks Tahani her opinion and she still doesn't get it. So she walks up to Michael in this classic moment talking about how she belongs in the good place. Michael, there's been a mistake. I belong in the good place, the, the real one with the good people. Who do I speak to about correcting this? Me, and you're wrong. Very well. <laughs> Michael, let me talk to your supervisor. And so Michael funny. just takes her down. He gives her the rundown, telling her why she didn't make it to the good place. She raised billions of dollars, but it was all for selfish reasons. And Tahani isn't seeing that. She's so clouded, this version of Tahani. So mm-hmm. he's going to show her how she died, which is a big moment. This is the last of these that we've gotten the last partway one, yeah. into season two. Michael says, it is hilarious. Of course, I mean sad. <laughs> and then the other thing that he says that's a small line but stuck out to me is right before he tells the flashback, he asks Tahani, do you want to remember it? And him having that power over these people it's of, crazy. would you like me to give you this memory, really stuck out to me in this moment. Yeah. So the flashback starts with Tahani being interviewed as the cover girl for a magazine. Every question is about her sister, Camilla. I thought the lady who was doing the interview was really funny here in all Mm -hmm. of her questions. We learn that Camilla will be the youngest person ever inducted to the Rock Hall of Fame. Have you been to the Rock Hall of Fame? I have not. I would go, I guess, if I were going to be in Cleveland. But I wouldn't go to Cleveland just to go there. It is very much worth going if you're ever in the area. Don't mm-hmm. go to Cleveland just to go to the Rock Hall. But as much as you like music... I, I have a question. Is that a common thing where people shorten it to just Rock Hall instead of Rock and Roll Hall of Why? Fame? Have I said that a couple times? You've, you've exclusively called it The Rock. Well, it's a podcast. I say enough words. I don't need to say The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame every time. I can say Rock Hall. But is that... You know did you just about? make that up? I don't Because in my mind, you're spelling it, it R O C, like even shorter than just like the regular word. Like it's just one word. word. Yeah. Like no, I think people Hall. have said Rock Hall, the Rock Hall of Fame, Rock Hall. Just shorter and I don't know. Hey guys, go down to the Rock Hall. You can catch me there. Wednesdays. I think as much as you love music, you would see a lot of real life items that would blow your mind, like instruments, mm-hmm. costumes, clothes, all kinds of stuff. I had a lot sure. of fun there. I, I think I'd enjoy it quite it. a bit. We should go on vacation to Cleveland, you and me. That should be our next trip. Two and a half weeks, Cleveland, Ohio. What do you say? Okay. Your face tells me you're excited. We can go to a okay. <laughs> Cleveland Indians game. Or no, they changed. I think they did change their name. Now they're No, the I don't like sports. We'll have to find other things to do in Cleveland. Well, nothing else. There's the Cavaliers, <laughs> there's their baseball team, and there's the Rock yeah. Hall. Can't we so, Rock Hall. Rock Hall. We'll rock do that Hall every day. Days. They, do they have like days. a two week pass? Can we get fast passes at the Rock Hall? Yeah. Do they have any rides? No, not a one. <laughs> I thought the girl giving the interview was really funny because she says all this stuff about Camilla and Tahani's like, yeah, was there a question in there? And she <laughs> says, don't you find don't that you remarkable? Don't find that remarkable? <laughs> <laughs> Tahani, of course, is quick to mention that she won't be attending the induction ceremony because she'll be doing a relief mission in Haiti. And that just leads to another question from the reporter where she's like, yeah, yeah, okay, great. But one more question about Camilla. Don't you think she and I would be friends? We're both Capricorns and we're both only children. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, I forgot about you. That's Cut rough. to Camilla's induction. Tahani's there working as a cocktail waitress. And this is the moment that you didn't see. She bumps into Acid Cat, which I thought was just a really cool connecting the it's all the same world even though tahani's world and jason's world feel so different and far apart something like acid cat who is supposedly a real touring musician is also at this ceremony and bumps into tahani i thought that was a really nice touch and i'm a little bummed it's not in the regular cut yeah i think that that could have been put in there. I don't know. I'm, I'm a little sad that got cucks. I wish I could see that. So she charges to Camilla, Tahani does, and confronts her. And Camilla's immediate reaction is, who are you? Because she doesn't recognize Tahani as a cocktail waitress mm. and then goes on to say, oh, I think this is a great decision. You should have done this a long time ago. <laughs> but Tahani tells Camilla that she only did this so she could weasel her way into the event, which she wasn't invited to. So she's pretending to be a cocktail waitress so she could get to the event. And she's supposed to be in Haiti being photographed, helping people. But instead, she's here so she can drive some points into her sister to let some stuff out. What do you think of this scene? What do you think of the way that she addresses Camilla? And how Camilla I think, honestly, her? it tracks. And I'm, yeah. I like that they chose to have Camilla as somebody who's kind of an asshole, even though she's this really famous, unanimously adored by everyone figurehead, when it comes to Tahani, she's really shitty. It's no longer just that her her. parents drive a wedge in between them. It's that Camilla belittles Tahani. Yeah. It ends with that moment, is that what you think of me? And honestly, I don't really think of you, Mm -hmm. which is probably the worst thing you can say. Yeah. Your sister is the bane of your existence, and she's just told you that she never thinks of you. I don't even know who you are. The Thanos. So that really sets Tahani off, and she goes to this literal golden statue of Camilla that's at this induction ceremony. It looks like a golden calf, like just a worshipped <laughs> idol at the center yeah. of the induction <laughs> ceremony. And first, Tahani does this really cute, awkward little tiny slap at the statue. She's like, uh, and it doesn't do anything, obviously. And then she starts wrestling it and tearing it down and she takes a rope and tears it around and pulls it down and yeah she tears down the statue it topples over crushing and killing tahani i couldn't think of a worse way for tahani to go (laughs) i died in cleveland (laughs) (laughs) i don't think that's what you should be taking away from this story This helps her realize that all she cared about was outshining her sister and gathering praise and acclaim. She's like, which I did. Mm -hmm. I gathered much (laughs) praise and acclaim, maybe more than my sister. She always wanted to be perfect at something, and all she's ended up being was the perfect foil for Michael, the perfect torturable stooge, as she says. Well, because she is the quintessential person that would think she's really good and deserves to be in the good place, but absolutely does not. As we saw a few episodes ago, welcome to the good place. Oh, yes, I accept. (laughs) (laughs) This helps her decide to help Michael so she can take the ethics class. We can help build a better Tahani. Now Tahani is on board. She wants to be a better person, which is good. That's a good Mm -hmm. moment for Tahani. We like it. This episode is about the team coming together. And we said it's a great Janet episode, a great Jason episode. It's a great Tahani episode. Because the flashback and what she learns helps her forward momentum in this episode, which is really nice. Mm Mm-hmm. Eleanor's still a standout. She's the only one of the group that isn't like, I need to learn how to be better. And this is my way to do it. She just wants to watch out for number one. They all start to argue over each other. And it mimics every time that they do this when they figure (laughs) out the ruse. And it gives Michael this moment of deja vu where he kind of smirks at it, laughs at them all. They can't help but just yell over each other. He's torturing them even when he's not trying to, basically, in this moment. 
I like Jason yelling over everybody. I have no idea what's going on right now, but everyone else is talking and I think I should too. <laughs> so really good. Cute. Great, Jason. Michael steps up and he gives them the cockroach speech and talks about how they're these little tiny dung beetles that roll around in their own filth, but somehow they keep outsmarting him every time. And now he has to work with them and stoop to their level. And he's dependent on them for survival, which drives Eleanor crazy, being referred to as all these little tiny bugs. Oh, yeah. And Chidi tells her to forget about Michael and think about him and them and to improve themselves. Michael's giving them the best chance to do that. But Eleanor, predictably, needs a moment to think alone. I love the reveal of how she's planning on escaping. I think it's so funny when she's like, Janet, I need a train full of cocaine headed to Minnie St. Clair's house. So good. Okay. I think the delivery of that's really funny. And Janet's like, okay. And pops away. Eleanor then shifts out the door with a big bag and she's caught by Chidi, who says, I saw that you had pillows and a mop in bed that looked like you were asleep. <laughs> what? They were just going to be like... Oh, Eleanor's asleep now, I guess. I guess. I love that her response was, hey, you can come too. I've got another mop. <laughs> <laughs> and he tells her, good luck. Well, and I think this once again shows why Chidi is such a, a good person. Is he's not going to be like, Eleanor, you're screwing me. Like, we're doomed if you leave. Because if it's not all four of us, we're going to the bad place. He knows he can't make that decision for her. Yeah. And so he's like, good luck. Do your thing. And I think that Chidi, especially with Eleanor knowing that in one of the timelines, yes. she and Chidi, or in several, Chidi and her have been more than just acquaintances. They've been close. Yes. His words weigh really heavy on her. Even if she doesn't know why or she doesn't want them to, he resonates with her in a way that no one else does. Eleanor says that she'd rather live in this boring beige house with Mindy St. Clair forever rather than make a deal with the devil to do homework in secret. So yes, <laughs> what you're saying is true, but this is a different Eleanor that's mm -hmm. still at the very, very beginning of this yeah. and being asked to make a huge decision to benefit these people that she doesn't know that she cosmically cares about them super deep at this point. But yeah, Chidi wishes her luck. And just as she's about to leave, she has that thought and puts her bag down and walks in with one more question for Michael, which is how many times in all the reboots did I ask Chidi for help? He refused to help me. And then I got better on my own. And Michael plainly, never. He always helped you. Really? Yep. No matter how I set it up, you found him, confessed you didn't belong, asked him for help. And he said yes. Now, his agreeing to help was part of my plan. What wasn't part of my plan was it actually working. Drove me nuts, pesky little nerd. I think that's powerful that no matter yeah. what, they always find each other. And I think there's something really cool about that. Michael tells Eleanor that he helped her overcome her biggest problem. Not having a haircut that frames her face. Ha <laughs> ha, knee slapper. Got her. But really, her selfishness. She's so selfish, and Chidi is the one person that's been able to cut through that and to show her what she's doing and what she should be doing. Even as funny as asking Janet for the train and cocaine, I'm not that selfish. Eleanor, your cocaine and escape train already. <laughs> the timing is perfect. So funny. Then Eleanor goes in to explain her decision to the other humans, and I like the moment with Chidi here. She thinks Michael is definitely tricking them, but... Chidi would say that the right thing to do is help regardless. And Chidi goes on this little thing of like, yeah, but I feel like you're talking to me like I'm not really here. And that makes <laughs> and me feel weird. weird. 
really they're funny. they're in and Eleanor has come up with a, an added bonus for how they can get something out of Michael or they can kind of be the ones really in charge here mm-hmm. to have the ball in their court. <laughs> <laughs> Eleanor says they'll help him. They'll they'll team up, but only if Michael agrees to take classes with them and every ethics class Michael has to be there. And Which he, I like. Michael just laughs at that. Now, I'm an immortal being with abilities <laughs> you couldn't dream. And then Eleanor like describes, I think it's a little corny because they do it twice in this episode mm-hmm. here at the end. But, well, I'm an Arizona trash bag with a bombshell. I forget what all she says, but Jason's, describe me next after she calls yeah. him stupid. They're in, but Michael has to team up with them. And they're all going to take classes and improve. Michael laughs at that and scoffs at it. But the second he ditches and doesn't go to the classes, they're going to tell Vicky the truth. And and now they have the upper hand. <laughs> Eleanor gets to tell him, we're running out of time and we're your only option, which Michael just chuckles at. Yeah. I really like how this episode doesn't end here and then continues into Vicky's reboot just a little bit. I do too. I think that it was a smart choice because it could have ended here and been an awesome bottle episode. But I yeah. think it really makes me even more excited for the next couple things by fast forwarding to this next part. The Good Place so many times moving forward does, this is what this show was about, but forget that because now we're doing this now instead. Yeah. And that's going to happen a lot, but this is the first time when I'm like, I would watch a season of them being in class with Michael and pretending like they've been rebooted. I would watch a full season of that, and I think we, I don't know, get an episode of it or something. Not as long as, as you would think. Yeah, which I also love. Yeah. That they have so many new, fresh, exciting ideas that even the ones that I, I don't know, I would like to see more of this, but there's so Mm -hmm. much else to do that there's only a little bit. Exactly. Michael and Eleanor are walking the neighborhood talking to themselves openly, but then when a demon walks by, they'll slip into the facade and and Michael acting like he's letting Eleanor explore the neighborhood and explaining everything Mm -hmm. to her. Eleanor says, what do you think of my, oh my God, I'm in heaven face? It leads to this really cute moment with Michael and Eleanor. I'm a pretty good liar. You really are. I've always admired that about you. Thank you, Michael. The Aww. little spark between Michael and Eleanor lately because of how mischievous You feel a love is. connection starting Not there? a love connection, just a strong frenemy. Like, mm-hmm. game respects game. You're the, it's, better it's at something than me. It's a sense of acknowledging the other person's abilities. Is what and Michael is. sees them as dung beetles. Yeah. So for him to give a little slight, I've always admired something about you to a mm. gross human, is huge. Well, because she's the dung beetle that's beat him, that he couldn't crush, you know? So now it's the... <laughs> The orientation that we've seen so many times. And in this version, the best person, Sash, the top point getter, kind of your mayor of the neighborhood, is Vicky Sangupta. <laughs> she comes out, would you like to say a few words? And she says, actually, I'd like to sing a few words. <laughs> and I know for a fact, my version of this episode, her singing goes at least a minute longer than what she sings for like over a minute. Oh, my God. And it one by one cuts to each of the humans and Michael, like, reacting to it weird. It shows Jason doing this, like, really silly, throwing it down, dance to it, like he's into it. And everyone else is like, oh, my God. In my episode, it just cut to Eleanor looking at Michael and Michael being like, 
I don't know. Yeah, she does it long enough for them to cut to each of the other four Yikes. or three one by one. That's incredible. It's funny. This is the end of the episode. At Eleanor's house, Chidi is having trouble keeping things up. This is just a new thing to make him nervous all the time. Mm-hmm. Jason's happy. He's got froyo, froyo toppings, and spoons. That's all he needs to be happy. Michael walks in, they're kind of planning, intervening about how this is going to work for them. They have a few hours alone while Vicky is practicing for his next performance. Michael tells them so the plan. So I'll say that yeah. first part that you said wasn't in mine. My yeah. scene starts with Michael saying, we've got a couple hours to wow. ourselves now. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. We have a couple hours. Vicky's practicing her next performance. And Michael lets them in on the tricks that he's been pulling against them for so long to mm-hmm. let them know what they need to do at the party. Eleanor needs to get drunk. She needs to yell at people so they can have a chaos sequence. Eleanor's, my job is to get drunk and insult people. I can hack that. <laughs> Chidi, act nervous and embarrassed by Eleanor. Got it. Got <laughs> ahead it. of you. <laughs> They'll have some time each day during demon meetings for ethics lessons, which Michael's like, and I will apparently be mm-hmm. joining these. They asked Janet, are you going to rat on us or are you going to help us? And I thought this was a really nice moment where Janet says, Well, Jason, I've been thinking about this a lot over the last one and a third milliseconds. I'm not allowed to lie, but my purpose is to make humans happy. And since you're the only actual humans here for whatever fun little schemes you guys come up with. It was so cute, yeah. The episode ends with, I guess you could call this a cliffhanger, but this is one of the first endings that's actually just a nice ending. Yeah. We talked about if there are any, and I think this constitutes, do you? Yeah. It ends with Team Cockroach on three, and everyone puts their hands in the middle and yells Team Cockroach, except for Jason, who yells Bobcats Bobcats one more time, and I like that one better. And that's the end of the episode. An episode that, for a show that's so zany and cosmic and otherworldly, it's a bottle episode where they all talk. But we're at a point in the story and the forward momentum of this world where we need that. We need to fill in these humans on some stuff. And Michael needs to open up a little bit about his side of things so they can work together as a team. I think this is a wonderful episode after uh, a beginning three episodes that ripped the whole world out. This is a really important, really funny episode that sets us up for what we're going to be doing next. Yeah, I'm excited. I think if I were to score this episode on my normal episode scoring scale, which is out of five, I'd give it a solid four and a half, maybe a, maybe a 4.35. I don't know because I almost want to give it a five because I don't think there's anything wrong with it. It's just what this episode sets out to accomplish mm-hmm. is smaller than some of the other episodes yeah. that that get a five based on reaction. I think this one gets a five based out of execution. I think it's a B plus episode with A plus execution. Well, in this episode, let's talk about who's going to the good place and who's going to the bad place. Let's do it. I'm curious to see if we're on the same page in this one. The bad place this week, it's got to be Eleanor. She makes the right decision at the end, but she is mean and selfish all the way through. Yeah, I, I agree. Eleanor was mine. I think even if I look past her being mean to Jason, her being about to abandon the group, knowing that it was going to cause them all to be in the actual bad place is pretty bad. It is pretty bad. I agree. So, so far in agreement. Good mm-hmm. place. I'm going to go with Cheaty. Are we in agreement here? We're in agreement here, too. Chidi has a great episode, maybe even a little better than usual, because yeah. his 
fixation is he can get better. He's not mm-hmm. torn down that he failed. He's he's brought up that he can work more to get better. Also, he's the only person that can lead Eleanor to the right decision mm-hmm. in a way that isn't condescending or hateful or spiteful. Uh, Chidi yeah. is really good in this episode. I agree. I think that especially finding out that Chidi helped her in every single attempt Gee, a good he's he's the best boy he's a sweetheart always. and and he to a always fault, wants as to help we know people. yes but i thought chidi was great this week and was deserving of the good place well guys that's our podcast this week next week we're going to be back to talk about episode five of season two that episode is existential crisis bum 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 i i think wait next week's not it's not trolley problem yet no that's the episode after Ah, Next week, we're talking about existential crisis. If you want to be a part of our episodes, send us in your trivia for future episodes and your good place, bad place decisions to timenightpod at gmail.com. I think it is. Nice. I love Sad Michael. If you want to catch up with what we're doing here outside of the podcast, patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast, get your access to the extra live streams tonight for not ones in all of our bonus content that we're doing like the pre-show every week and... The Basement, our That 70s Show Rewatch podcast, patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. Also, check out Brokeback Bebop, wherever you get your podcasts, our Cowboy Bebop Rewatch podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Steven, where else can the people find us? Well, if you would like to get on our train full of cocaine, make sure you follow us over at Twitter and on Instagram over at Time Knife Pod. We're also on YouTube. You can find the video companion. I smacked my mic. The video companion to this podcast there. Just search into the Time Knife and you'll see our pretty little faces. It's been a lot of fun. I love talking about this show. I'm deeply excited for what we're doing later tonight to go get spicy. What do you say? Mm. Let's get out of here so we can go create that exclusive spicy content. Let's go make that spicy content. Get us out of here. All right. From inside the time knife. Black Lives Matter. I'm Zach. I'm Steven. And we'll see you next time. A scootily doo. That podcast really chapped my nips. Ooh wee. Oh, now go walk out the door. Just turn around. Now you're not welcome anymore. Weren't you the one who tried to break me with desire? Did you think I'd crumble? Did you think I'd lay down and die? Oh, not I. I will survive. Yeah, as long as I know how to love, I know I'll be alive. I've got all my life to live. I've got all my love to give. I will survive. I will survive.